Hey everyone, welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast. My name is Ann Campia and joining me are two of the best hosts in the world, starting with Rob Hansen. Rob, how's it going? Going pretty well, Ann. Uh, thank you for having us in here today and, and getting everybody together again. Oh, it's been it's been a little bit, so I'm happy to catch up with you both. And also joining us is Will Wilson. Is that what you go by, Will William? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> either one is fine. I'll uh, I'll take either one. But um, and you know, thanks again for uh, for getting us together. Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening and joining, uh, the trio of us uh, actually know each other from somewhat of a professional background. We all did a master's in uh, project management together, and that's essentially where we met. And um, I think from all walks of the industry, all different experiences coming together just to share uh, our perspectives on the industry itself and any of those topics related to project management. I would say that out of the whole cohort, I am uh, very, very pleased that uh, Rob, Will, and I have kept in touch. They were, to me, leaders in our program. And so to segue into the topic we are going to talk about, which is leadership, uh, and I think and primarily leadership in projects and leadership in project management. Um, I think this is something I'll kick it off by saying I think this is a topic that we didn't particularly have a course in and learn in, but it's something that you inherently grow as you either become a project manager or kind of are exposed to the field of project management. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I agree. I think it's one of those um, soft skills that you organically have to develop. Uh, and it's really through personality and experience that, that you work on developing, developing that. You know, and everybody's experiences are different. And the way you develop is different. The way that you evolve is different. And, you know, and, and especially in, in an environment as competitive as what project management is, you have to continue to evolve and those experiences that you gain are what help you to evolve and to continue growing. Yeah, right. I think bring up a good point. I think the other thing that we have to acknowledge here is that you know leadership isn't necessarily being the leader. because um, you'll you'll have VPs and directors and, and actual company leaders and some of them provide great leadership and others don't. And there are some uh, just staff employees that are great leaders. They can get a team behind them to get something done. So, you know, when you when we think about this, don't, you know, don't think it's, it's a top-down kind of thing. A, a leadership can come from any place in the organization, in an organization. Yeah, let's, let's dig in there a little bit because according to PMI's research, I want you guys to react to this, over 80% of high-performing organizations report that the most important acquired skills for project managers to successfully manage complex projects are leadership skills. So I think, Rob, to your point, the leader can come from even just the PM themselves, right? Leading the entire team, um, the influence, influential skills that the PM would have to inherently function as if you were even the CEO of a company. I think 
to your point, it doesn't necessarily have to come from top down when you think about leadership, especially when it comes to complex projects where that could be the most important part of the success of the project is the strength of your leader and the leader being the project manager. I think that that could be very true. Um, I think that amongst uh, most project teams I've seen, there's usually a core team, right? And it's usually three or four people. You have somebody out of marketing or, or product management and you have somebody out of engineering and, and then a PM. Uh, and then sometimes quality or, or another group. And, you know, there's the, the product manager usually is classified as the leader because they're the one that, that owns the product and the profitability and all that, right? But I think you're right. In order to get something from point A to point B, having the, the project manager being able to organize and lay out a path for people to follow is, is key there in, in having a successful project. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's very interesting that you bring that up. You know, it, it, is, it is a very, very inherent soft skill that is not taught. It's one that you either have or you don't. And especially with with a um, profession such as this, you it's one of those things that you have to have at least some some idea or background in to be able to uh, adapt to the you know to the changing labor market we're in right now, especially. And 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 that's I I love that you brought that up because. It is an inherent skill. And when it comes to being able to translate that onto paper or in an interview, that could be really, really challenging for somebody, right? Um, you know, it's, I think this, this article goes on to say traditional dimensions of project management, such as cost, schedule, and performance are necessary, but insufficient in this world. Uh, before you would put on your resume, very, very basic KPIs, which you still can, you know, uh, brought, X amount of projects to fruition, save the company X amount of dollars because they were on costs and under budget, et cetera. But how do you guys put high emotional intelligence? How do you translate influence, influential skills? How do you translate being able to deal with ambiguity into either something written like a resume or in an interview? Um, so I think the resume is a good one. I th you, there are things such as stating that uh, you have the ability to interview people or you can, you have led cross-functional teams, um, that you're, you have the ability to, to manage up, for example, mm -hmm. um, right? And, and I, I'm going to assume that most people know what that means, but just as, a, as an aside, right? Managing up is usually, you know, managing to those in the organization that are above you in the chain uh, ladder, you know, the, the, the VPs and, and, and C-level groups, uh, and being able to manage the, the information up is, is another element of that. And I think that when you see those things on a resume, it says, okay, somebody knows how to, um, craft a message in such a way that you can get, um, you know, approvals or the right reactions that you're looking for, the support that you're looking for for a project. Uh, one final one that 
we kind of did touch on in class is, is change management. Um, yeah. Where a strong leader can bring the group of people along um, for a change, you know, uh, for any, for a given change and, and implement that change. And that, that can be very hard. In the past, and I can tell you from, from my experience, you know, when I, when I started in management, when I started doing those things, the, uh, the thing that people, we looked at and we used to call it cause we used to do it with sales and you know, what we would call the Jedi mind trick. And what that was, was being able to suggest an idea or give someone an idea and phrase it in such a way that you made it become their idea. Hmm. And in doing so, you know, and I, I'm getting to my point, but in, in doing so and in, in being able to do that, you were able to manage your manager. You were able to manage the the people who were who were, you know, three or four steps above you on the ladder. But yet you knew that you could manage their expectations to a point where it was still, you know, where you weren't just drowning you didn't get to that point where you were drowning or you know feel like you know somebody had their their foot on your neck and your head's underwater so it, you know you you manage you manage the manager yep. yeah one of my favorite very easy tips that I learned was uh, how can I help you mm-hmm. um, or if you're pushing a deadline you know, on somebody, it's, hey, this is due tomorrow. Is there anything I could do to help you to make sure it gets done on that date? I love this idea that you're saying, you know, flip it on them um, in a way that doesn't necessarily feel intrusive or you're being aggressive with, you know, your dates or or, or anything like that. But for somebody to have that skill set and people not notice that you just Jedi mind trick them in that way, that's that's brilliant. It's such a good tip for people to learn. You, you know, and the, the funny thing is, and that, you know, if, if I walk up to you and I ask you, hey, well, what do you think about what do you think about on time project delivery? Oh, you know, that's 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 great. It saves the company money. It does those things. So what if I told you that I could, you know, go ahead and deliver this project and the following project on time would that be something you'd be interested in and then you you know you extract the information from them based on what you're looking for you know so if you're looking for a a you know hey you know um I'm trying to make sure that I have continuity in these projects and I'm looking for an approval for the next project. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, what, what do you think of the project so far? What is, what is your impression? You know, what are you, what are you feeling? Okay. Well, well, William, I feel like, um, I feel like so far we've been successful. Okay. So, so far, what, what do you see as being the drawback so far? And as long as you're going through and, you know, you're restating not only what their objections were, but also what their problems were. So maybe they didn't like how you painted the walls purple and they wanted blue or, you know, something as trivial as that. But it's something that sticks out to them. 
Okay, on the next one, sir, I'll be glad to paint those things blue. You got it. What else could I do? You know, and then you move, you're moving the conversation. You're moving, you know, same way you do with, with an interview. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we used to call it the 80-20 rule. You know, I want them talking 80% of the time. And I, I am going to respond and do what I need to do the other 20% of the time. So as, as much as those folks are, you know, I want them to, you know, you may be interviewing for a job and you want them talking 80% of the time. You're the one interviewing and you want them talking that much. And the reason you do is because you can learn, you can, there's things you pick up on and there's ways you can pick up and play off of it. Yeah, that's, I think that's exactly true. Um, you also have to remember that that, and this is a little bit of a side, but when you're you're interviewing, you know, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you, really, right? Yeah. Because you want to know, is this a company that I really want to work for? Right. So it's a it's a sided thing. So it, it's an exchange of of information, and I think that that's you know tying that back into leadership. It's being able to have that exchange and you know that that in, as you were describing well just a different term is that active listening thing right where mm-hmm. i'm i'm hearing you repeating what you're what you're feeding me back so i make sure i understand what you're telling me absolutely yeah you know, and that's that's a a great soft skill and um you know i think i think what what confounds the hell out of my wife actually is that you know I can do some of the stuff at work, but I doesn't work at home or the darn. Well, there's no win there, I think. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think we rules better, don't apply. No, that that one, you know, even though you're right, you're wrong. Okay, right. I just well, and I was really thinking about the kids, not necessarily with her. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but li- listen, if you think. You know, I, I, you guys both make great points in terms of there's there's a way to be able to even influence and use your soft skills within the context of an interview. Now, for those that uh, may have not left home for months, we are all clearly in a pandemic right now, uh, which has made it very challenging for recruiters in terms of bringing people on site, uh, getting even just, you know, for folks working from home, having to try to manage teams, cross-functional teams from home, going back to this whole idea of interviewing and leadership and trying to convey your soft skills uh, in some manner that it resonates with the recruiter or the people interviewing you. It's even more challenging now because everything is being done virtually. How do you guys feel about that, uh, this environment we're in? Does it change any anything in the way that you would interview for a job and try to show your leadership skills through a computer screen? To me, it does. You you have to, as opposed to being able to rely on, you know, the, the upfront or the, the clues that you're getting, whether it be, you know, from the person, from their actions, from... You know, the fact that, you know, they're no longer sitting there yawning while you're talking. So, you know, you, you, you're able to, you're able to more, more so because the camera doesn't lie. 
And so you need, you need to be very cognizant of, you know, making sure that number one, that, you know, the feedback that you're getting, whether it be nonverbal or what have you, you've got to make sure that you're addressing that. And number two, you have to make sure that you have, um, all the rest of your stuff has to be that much better. Your resume has to be seven steps better now. Your, your, um, your, all of the things that you have, your appearance has to be better. Your, your, um, your answers to their questions have to be better. I mean, all of these things have to be just seven steps better than what they would be if you could read that particular person that's sitting in front of you or that panel that you're sitting in front of, you know, and I mean, that's, that's been my experience at least. I I think you're, you're right, William. I think not only seeing from the shoulders up, um, you, you miss a lot of the nonverbals being in the environment, that office environment, um, also sets a tone as you go into an interview, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, um, background, right? So, you know, what's, what's behind you? Um, you know, right now you see my, my work desk and a, and a junkie chair, but I actually use a virtual background when I'm interviewing so that all that stuff disappears. I've been on, uh, I was on an interview with a company and the guy's wife's walked around behind him doing laundry. Um, yeah, so there's, you, you have distractions there too, which I think's uh, uh, interesting. All, and, and I will admit, um, you know, I, I did have a set of interviews where it was coat and tie on top and shorts underneath (laughs) (laughs) and and that's okay as long as there's no mirror behind you reflecting what you're actually wearing (laughs) or stand up Uh, right that's you absolutely uh, no no tidy whities let me tell you (laughs) no 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 i'll be fully clothed i got teenage kids running around here uh i I know man i'm just just joking uh well my office my office is in the retreat of my bedroom so yeah it's it's, yeah. But it's the subtleties, right? You know, doing what you would normally have done if you were actually physically going into an office to interview for a job. Well, and, it, and it's a step above that. Like I talked about, it's background, right? right. So what what are you using as a virtual background? Sure. Right. So you know that that you can convey different messages with that, right? Right. Um, you, you can you know pull something off the web that's a, a corporate table and you're very generic. You can have uh, a beach, Can't start. right? <laughs> uh, you can have, uh, yeah. I mean, but you, you can set a background that can help convey your personality too, sure, as as well as what you're verbally saying. So that I think that all those pieces start to play. So I think as much as there are some negatives that you can't that you, you have to give up, like the the reading the person's hand signals or something mm-hmm. there are other things that you can do to help enhance yeah agreed and yeah. i i actually think that it's, it's it's i'm glad you brought that up too because there are cues that you would pick up when you would recruit somebody in person that are very very easy uh when you're interviewing for soft skills 
it's it's much easier to pick up whether that person has the soft skills, in my opinion, in person rather than over a video conference call. Um, so I think to your point, Rob, the more you can invest in some of these little things that will really show you care, that you're interested, mm-hmm. keep your energy up on on camera, you're, you know, mindful of uh, all, being very detailed in your responses, you know, all those things that you would normally have prepped for an interview, and then some, because as we all know, having been on conference calls, I'm sure, having been on our calls for our, our, our Zoom classes when we were in the program together, your energy, just being on camera, your energy just goes down when you're on a camera and it just comes across uh you know you're 10 less energetic on camera so it's even more important for you to kind of pep up a little bit even if if i were to give a tip on how to come across as interested pep yourself up have a soda do something like that um but just little things like that can help the recruiter see yeah this person's actually very very interested yeah, one other um, thing that I actually, that, as you were saying, that came to my mind uh, that I actually got off off of uh, a news uh, article that was I was watching um, dealing with kids doing uh, at home learning, um, where you're now in this environment, right, where you have other distractions. Yeah. Right. So when you're when you're doing that, it's like William, you know, going into the dark room. Or, um, or it's uh, true. I, I will put a note on my, on my, on my bedroom door that says interviewing, you know, don't come mm-hmm. in or, or be quiet or, or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you don't want, you know, that extra, extra distraction coming sure. in. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. So. Um, so going back to tips for, I guess, how do you show your leadership how do you convey it through interviewing? How do you even just let's say, Rob, you know, you, you're going if you go into a new job next week, how do you make that come across when, again, we're all kind of working virtually right now in this environment? This this um, article that I've been reading brings up a really good point about the role itself and what we would need to then really make sure we amplify, which is most companies right now and you guys tell me why because i'd like to know your reasons for why but most companies i've found that are actively recruiting right now for leaders are looking for leaders who can deal with ambiguity who can take ownership of the vision who can foster collaboration gain buy-in and motivate the team to achieve the expected outcomes why is it right now is it is it anything related to the pandemic? Is it that uh, for uh, whatever other reason I can't think of, but why are companies just now realizing that they need project managers, program managers in these leadership type type roles? I think when you had people showing up at an office every day, the company had policies, they had procedures, um, that everybody did and, and you did it there, right? It was, it was a given, right? This, this is how you behave. This is how you do things here. Now you're at home where those things aren't as controlled, aren't as 
um, are, are much harder to follow. People are more relaxed because they're at home. I think that makes a change. I think then it can also be broader than that is that um, you have companies that have to change direction due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going from this environment to that environment or, um, you know, we, we've lost this project or this client. So this project's now on hold. I need you to move over here. Um, you have people that may be getting sick, Mm. right? So, okay, I need you to be dynamic to fill here or there. Um, and I think the big one is for a lot of people is moving from a face-to-face office structured environment to a remote teams environment, right? If you've, if you've dealt with, if you've dealt a lot with remote teams or run projects with people at remote locations, it's, it's a much easier transfer. But if you've only ever dealt with being able to go down the hall and talk to the, the guy that you need to talk to because you know he's in his office, you know, that's, it's a much different thing. You can't, you know, observe, you know, there you can also observe them. So I think like, like in interviewing, it's a different set of skills and, and things that you have to take note of in those nonverbals. I agree. I agree. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's certainly a challenge to form the relationships you typically would have to be able to influence the cross-functional teams you have to work with um, and influence uh, over the camera too. I think I, I apologize. I keep going back to that, but it's definitely a different environment. And I think maybe companies are picking up to your point, Rob, that we need, they need folks with high intelligence, with those soft skills uh, to go into roles that maybe they did have a PM in, but it just wasn't effective when we all switched to this virtual environment. And so they're learning they need somebody with that type of personality or that type of skill set to come in and do that job. I I think that they're also finding another thing for a couple of companies that that I've personally interviewed for is that um, a lot of companies will take an engineer and make them a PM, especially for, for product development stuff. Um, and engineers are engineers for a reason. They have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them can transition and have the soft skills piece, but a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very straightforward. They're very black and white. And uh, it, it's a great. environment, it can be demotivating. Yeah, and I know you're you're working from home. William, are, are you considered essential? Are you out in the field, out in the office every day? Every day, every day I'm, you know, is an essential, you know, for whatever reason, I'm an essential food worker. So um, people believe they've got to eat for some reason. I, I don't quite understand that one, but minor detail. But, you know, we we are, you know, actively out there every single day. Um, interacting with customers, with, um, with, uh, you know, retail customers, with um, all sorts of different types of, uh, of people um, from the highest to the high to the lowest to the low. And so, you know, even in those situations, you still have to know how to deal with different types of people mm-hmm. and then deal, deal with all those. 
Right. So here, here's my question to you. So sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt, but the question is, um, suppose that you had to work from home now. How would you do that, given your job and what, based on what you just described? In the 1970s, you'd pound the desk. You'd tell them, do this or else. Right. 1990s show up and, you know, you know, most people, you know, don't remember the 1990s for a lot of reasons. You get to, you know, the days now and you have people who are, you know, who are MBAs who've never had a job. You have people who are, um, you know, been in basically been career college students, you know, 52 still live with mom and, you know, never had a job, but you, you, you find, or I found that with those people, you know, the way that they express themselves, the way that they really explain and build those teams, excuse me, and build those teams that, um, Rob, you were talking about the cross-functional teams, the, uh, the different, um, remote teams, the things like that. You, it's that whole different mindset. It's the whole different group. It's the whole different, um, um, Hey guys, here's why we're doing it. And here's why this is what we're doing and why, mm-hmm. you know, you had a, you had a great, had a great point earlier when you said, you know, whenever I, you know, talk to people or I assign something, I'm letting them know that, hey, this is here and this is why, but I'm also offering to help them. Mm-hmm. And I'm also offering to, you know, support them in some way. So same way with, with, um, with the way that you assign stuff, with the way that you, you know, work with your teams, with a thing such as that hey, I'm here to work with you and this is why. You know, this is why I'm here and this is what we're going to accomplish. Here's why. You know, this is what makes it relevant to us, to our company, to, you know, us all. And here's what we need to do. You know, here's what makes sense. Here's what doesn't. Here's here's the things that we need to do. And, you know, here's here's why, guys. You know, this is why I need your help. Yeah. Or, it's kind of one of those almost, uh, we all work together and we, we all hang together or we shall surely hang individually. Almost. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, look, I we touched on a lot of things, but I think overall it comes down to this environment we we're in is very unique and i think we potentially are on the precipice of you know just work environments changing recruiting changing all of these things that we're learning having to work virtually or um you know in your case will still continuing to be an essential service and and how that's impacted your business but projects work environments all are becoming increasingly complex in in several for several reasons and in several ways um, you've got stakeholders who are dispersed now, probably across the world, or you know, potentially different time zones, not being in this in, um, in the same location. You've got technical technological changes that are likely happening right now. 
uh, in terms of folks having to be just in technology when maybe you didn't necessarily need to be in front of your webcam 24 seven, uh, seven days a week, right? Mm-hmm. I think in order to adapt to all the changes, which change can also mean opportunities and all the innovation that's happening right now in this environment, I think it's really important that project managers, program managers, this type of role shifts your mindset to one of a project leader, right? Uh, I think it's, 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 it, we're in dire need of those people right now, those that are able to influence despite the circumstances that can come in, um, motivate, grow their team, empower their team um, to be able to contribute to whatever that that goal is for the company and, and for the project, et cetera. So I think just to wrap it up, I think this was super good commentary and a very timely and interesting one at that because we can probably, fingers crossed, listen to this this time next year and be in a completely different environment. Um, so Rob, any last thoughts or, or tips for people? Uh, no tips other than um... I think, I think the, the, the thing for a leader in, in a lot of respect is, is be like a duck, right? Let, let the stuff roll off your back and paddle like hell underneath um, and instill the confidence that things are going to keep moving forward and, you know, you deal with stuff as they come. And uh, whether you could be that in person or, or over a, a web chat, whatever, just keep going, keep on swimming. Will, what about you? I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. You know, there's a thousand different ways to say the exact same thing, get the exact same result. And if you're leading a team of, you know, criminals, you're probably going to get a different result than if you're leading a team of, you know, high, high ambition folks. It's all in how you say the exact same thing. You can mean the exact same thing. You can get the exact same result. But when you, you know, approach something, when you bring something to the front and say, look, guys, I need your help. You know, this is how we have to get this done. This is what I need your help doing. And this is why, you know, this is what makes it relevant for our little slots of heaven. And this is what we got to do. You know, we don't have a choice here. You know, there's nothing I can do. We're not going to fight it. We're just going to take care of business and move on. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I guess I'll wrap it by saying, yeah, I agree with wholeheartedly with both of both of you and, and kind of your final thoughts. I would say um, my tip would be right now, empathy is the key word. If you can lead with empathy right now, it just seems like the type of environment where people are needing that. Um, from their leadership is, you know, lead with understanding to your point, Will, tell them why, why we're having to do this, why it's necessary, empathize with each other uh, in this environment, Um, have that understanding of each other and your circumstances. And I think that goes a long way to show how you care as a leader for not only your team, but uh, just for humanity overall i mean i hate to make this such a a kind of a sappy ending but that that is the truth is that we we ultimately want to show that we care for each other and i think that that is critical right now in terms of being a a project leader no and i think that's that i think you're absolutely right and being true now going into winter going into this 
the, the certain this increase that we're seeing right now um i think a little more empathy it's a good good plan <laughs> well that will do it for our uh, little podcast here rob will it's been a pleasure i love catching up with you guys i love that we get to do this and just catch up with each other and see what's going on um rob will if anyone wants to follow you do you guys have any social media or anything that they can follow right now then i'm just on linkedin or i'm uh, robert m hansen on linkedin so perfect will. same way myself um will william d wilson at linkedin.com fantastic um and you guys can find me um at and campia i'm also on linkedin i will go ahead and actually you guys bring up a good point we'll post this one on linkedin because this is the perfect that's the perfect platform to have this podcast so again thank you guys for joining us on the everyday pm podcast until next time take care be safe be well thanks and it's great seeing you both thanks william thank you guys good night y'all